that should be a lot easier to sync up. You're going to have a lot less noise. <laughs> oh, man, no. <sighs> <laughs> you need a $400 microphone. <laughs> Which is uh, why I can breathe into it. Yeah, sounds like it. Absolutely. <laughs> I will be breathing that hard this evening regardless, though, because, yeah, it's damn allergies of the super flu, whatever the hell's killing Ooh, me right now. That's fair. I, fu- I found out today, I've been living in this house for two and a half years now, I actually have an air vent in my room, and I have not changed the air filter at all. I tried seeing the size, because it's like really small, it's like a 12 by 12, and oh. when I was like trying to poke it, dust. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's why I can't ever breathe right whenever I wake up. Yeah, plus you got an a- you know an animal in the house, mm-hmm. constantly tromping around spilling other stuff and you got a dog too mm-hmm. so i mean comparatively very sorry true. josie oh very, i was gonna uh, say sorry destiny <laughs> take it either way you want to yeah. play play it how you lay I she's mean. an animal <laughs> strike that from the record and, hence the flea collar but uh <laughs> oh, that's not a flea collar <laughs> okay someone's into a little james uh, bondage at the evening ooh. time good I'm spicy, spicy today. <laughs> it's a spicy cannelloni. Mmm, the spicy meatball. All right. Well, I don't know if we're if we're technically in or not. I don't know. It's a problem That's... I experience often, as I'm sure you could estimate. But is it in? Is it in? <laughs> I can't feel anything. Oh well, Obama done. Sorry, Evan, and I'm Michael. I was done before I started. Unfortunately, <laughs> the internal shoot, as it were. Oh, jeez. My money shot is a refund. <laughs> Looking forward to that. <laughs> My poor mother. Somewhere, someday, she's going to stumble on these things. And she's like, oh, no. Oh. Oh, why is there thousands of them? Oh. The, the fruit of my womb. The fruit of my loom. Uh, either way. Well, okay. I uh, I have enjoyed a delightful tragedy yet again. Uh, Melissa and I are officially living the money pit life because last night our hot water heater began to just violently orgasm onto our garage floor. And oh, no. so uh, I've spent about... 45 minutes to an hour moving boxes around and then using a box that had already been soiled to create a makeshift sort of funnel to push all the water off of the ledge it was sitting on into the floor of the garage to let it sort of spread out, diffuse and evaporate. And, uh, but we thankfully, the property management for once. <laughs> responded in an appropriate amount of time and they got us a new hot water heater 24 hours later oh wow that's uh, a record yes i'm very impressed so we have a brand (laughs) new you know top of the line top of the world top of the morning uh special hot water heater that will Mm. keep me in a lobster-esque sort of hue from this point forward because i take (laughs) exceedingly hot showers you and destiny both i can't I, if it's anything, like, I will get out of the shower. It could be lukewarm water. I will get out, and I'll be sweating. And well, I'm like, I mean, what's obviously. the point of the shower? But it's a clean sweat at that point, as my uncle once told me when I was younger. He's like, yeah, it's all fair game in the shower. You can shit in there. You can piss in there. <laughs> and then, you know, as you're rinsed off, you get out, and it's clean. You know, it's not gross, grimy sweat. You're getting that f- huh. fresh, exercised pour. 
So you're that's you're getting the good toxins point. out, friend. That's that's huh. the the need of the shower. I never thought of that. As a man who sweats constantly, as a free perspirer <laughs> by trade, I will tell you that yes, you just kind of you know you you acclimate and the shower for me, it, one a bath is is a necessity, but unfortunately I don't have that in this home any longer. So if I can't have a sauna, I'm just going to stand in the shower and just bake for a good five to ten minutes. At least in Arizona, it's pretty easy to get hot water. You just got to run whatever, especially if you got exposed like water lines and everything like that out in out in the air, uh, or a box out in your garage because yeah, the water. <laughs> Even though it had been sitting on the floor for two hours and smelt like a bog, it was still very warm, which was oh, really exciting. I enjoyed that immensely. Oof. Those excited molecules, they stayed in motion for quite some time. And apparently that's handy because we're going to be having some science discussion this evening from what I've been told. Pretty decently sciencey. Not, not, No heavy water. No water. Well, I just Decent. dealt with the heavy water. I got through that already. Yeah, exactly. We don't need a repeat. Yes. Well, maybe we could carbonate it instead. Ooh, okay. Instead of aerate it? Oh, because yeah, you were favorite. aerating it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. So now I'm going to carbonate it. There you go. Or, or carbon date it, perhaps. Ooh, there I'll you go. I'll pick it up at the house in my Ford Focus. We'll go <laughs> on a, a lovely whirl, whirlwind tour of the town. We'll take it to Pizzeria Uno or Olive Garden or one of those fancy Italian restaurants. Mm. Make love to it while using a condom and not placing my digits into their rectum. You know, gentlemanly things. Oh, okay. I was like, I don't know where you're going with this, but this doesn't sound as fun. It's an old uh, Dave Attell bit. Oh, <laughs> I was like, this is a good bit. I, oh, it's delightful. It's, not- when I, it's like, all you ladies out there think as though these beautiful men, these Brad Pitts and Leonardo DiCaprocox are just going to wait around and somehow find the time in their busy schedule to come take you out on a date to someplace fancy like the Olive Garden or Pizzeria Uno, <laughs> take you home and make love to you while wearing a condom while not fingering your asshole. Well, they don't have the time. I do. <laughs> and speaking of having the time, if you can't find it, by the eternal, behold, behold it. it is the Disinformed Podcast. I'm Shane. And I'm Michael. And you better get used to hearing that sequence, <laughs> friends, because we have officially reached Survivor the Home Game, and we have voted two people off the island, and I don't think we're going to get back to it. Oh, man. This is how it feels to make it to the last. You have that uh, one little, I, I forget what it was called, the Infinity Stone, whatever the hell the thing was, uh, <laughs> that, that saves you from elimination for this week. You cannot be I voted off. I got the off. rose. I'm, I'm oh. next up. <laughs> I'd give me flavor of love before you give me the bachelor. I mean, that's fair. Favor, fla- flavor, whoa, uh, favor, flavor, flavor, whoa, fever, flavor, fever, fever, flavor, 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 flavor. Ah, <laughs> uh, today I'm feeling more fever flave than flavor fave. If it was Jesus, <laughs> it would be Savior Flav. Uh, Man, thinking no, no cheap flave. I'm thinking like Dollar General. No, no, it's not good. It's not good. Okay, strike it from the record. All right, it's been stricken. The clock has struck. <laughs> and speaking of being on strike, I think we've got a couple of folks that are presently 
on strike here, but they didn't know that it's a right to work state here. That it is. (laughs) No one's getting compensated and we are the union trustees here, apparently. (laughs) But for those of you who are unfamiliar or who thought we were serious last week when we said it was the last show (laughs) and the numbers would reflect that some of you took us seriously. Uh, Uh, What we typically do on this show is we like to delve into random esoterica, and in the course of explaining it, we lie occasionally, and then the co-host has to ferret out the fact from fiction as they listen, but if we don't get it, I assure you, we will give you the answers at the end of the episode. We will fill in the crossword puzzle, so you do not have to, and you don't leave disinformed. But uh, what are we going to be doing this evening, my quaffed, pompadourish friend? Oh, thank you for complimenting it. I spent two minutes combing my hair just to get it don't look I, at my beard though it looks disgusting i'm not exactly um, but, <laughs> sure that's a compliment but uh i, I take what i can get okay I'm desperate. Um, i mean uh my beard has also got my my natural little lilt is coming back in so i have a very interesting lion's mane thing that happens so and i don't mean the mushroom i uh, ever since um i started growing out my beard in high school um I can't get it out of my head. My band director came up to me after a summer break. I think I've mentioned it before. And the first thing he said to me was, your beard looks like pubic hair. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I just, uh, that has stuck with me since. And it's been uh, decades as, you as far as a, I'm concerned. You issued a false statement by saying that with your beard, you can't get it out of your head. Uh, In fact, you can. It is showing on your face as we speak. So I, I think you're you're doing quite well. Fair point. I understand that now. Whew. Um, so I don't have a little intro to get into the episode itself. Oh my dear God, what's happened to you? Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll admit I kind of wrote this way different than I usually do. And that's oh. mostly because I wrote it this morning. Um, <laughs> so okay. I appreciate uh, your effort. It was proofread by my fiance. So if anything's wrong, it's her fault. Your fiance, um, the animal. Yes. Yes. Animal from the Muppets, actually. Uh, <laughs> That's exactly what she said when I handed her to handed the phone to her to read to proofread. When I handed her to the phone, <laughs> well, Better I have the tattoo to prove it. It is known. Quite. Um, so I will be talking about uh, poison Halloween candy, the moral panic, or as I like to call it, based off of a paper that I read, Halloween sadism, which I think is. Much better uh, descriptor mm. than poison candy. I much prefer poison ivy myself, personally. Oh, well, who doesn't? But scantily Ooh. clad DC characters are always a favorite of mine. Especially from Batman and Robin. Uma Thurman? I'm, I'm going to just patently disagree with you on that one, friend. But I like Uma Thurman. That, I, yeah, there were some aspects there that I think were, were aspects. quite... I mm. said aspects. <laughs> I actually enunciated the word as opposed to you. But uh, yes, <laughs> there were some folks, Bane in particular, flexing them aspects on that movie. But uh, yeah, I, I'm going more of like the Arkham Games Poison oh, Ivy. Yes, that's yeah, true. M- more curves than a California highway. Whew. Man. Um, so I went through several iterations of this intro and to be honest, none of them really grabbed my attention, uh, whether to, whether trying to reminisce about checking your bags of candy for poison or talking about the new drug craze sweeping the nation, fentanyl. Um, nothing really got me into the Halloween mood, you know, nothing terribly spoopy. So instead of being creative, I decided to straight up steal the first opening paragraph from, from one of my sources, 
titled The Razor Blade and the Apple, The Social Construction of Urban Legends by a Joel Best and Gerald Horucci. Also, before you uh, ask, there are four lies. Bless you. But I was yes. also going to say, yes, The Razor Blade and the Apple was the title of the first dating manual that I ever wrote back in high school. So. <laughs> Better than the roofie in the apple. No, I, I mean, we're, we're making some allusion to sort of breaking the Christianic chains that we were bound <laughs> with about original sin. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, okay, Eat okay. the fruit. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it. Um, so Especially the worm inside. Oh, man, that's the best part. Slurp it down like a thing of spaghetti. Um, Lady in the tramp? No. <laughs> Slimy yet satisfying. <laughs> well, Hakuna, your tatas, and let's get this thing on the road then. Anyway, so uh, the, the paper, The Razor Blade and the Apple, The Social Construction of Urban Legends, a recently written paper that finally did someone no one else had done in the decades prior. Try to explain the cause behind the poison Halloween candy moral panic it did someone huh yes oh who did it do <sighs> who did well, do no one else had done it and that's why it was alone so i guess you're i'm 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 incorrect no I, one had yeah, done it. he's a she she it's a, it's a mrs <laughs> doubtfire reference that does not oh. age well in the day of uh, people talking about being misgendered, to use the phrase "he's a she, she's a she, he's a she, she," is probably not going to be one that we're going to be well remembered for. But fair, uh, yes, fair. Robin Williams is dead, and so is chivalry, so it's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. He actually was the reason behind the chivalry's disappearance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was so. caught up in the fur on his arms. Ooh, um, oh, uh, <laughs> so. The 1970s went witnessed the discovery of a frightening new deviant, the Halloween sadist. Who gave, or Jeffrey Dahmer. Or Jeffrey Dahmer. Also, That's more the wait, 90s, but yeah. Yeah, I was, I was also going to say he, he was, was a teen uh, no, when he was first killing people in the 70s. So, yeah, you know. it was like he started in the 70s, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 So, I mean, technically, it's, you know, tomato, potato. But he wasn't doing it necessarily around Halloween. He, he didn't really have a time and date for it. So, oh I guess. my God! Now I'm envisioning Jeffrey Dahmer as Michael Myers, just you know, standing in a tank top <laughs> in the side yard of somebody's house, just da 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 da. John, are you back? By the way, I actually did see, uh, what was it? I didn't see Hollywood end, or Hollywood. Wow. Halloween ends, but I saw Halloween kills oh, recently. Okay. Um, yeah. It's, it, you know, it, it has some satisfying moments. Yeah. I think actually that, uh, that summarized my whole, uh, my whole enjoyment of that movie. There were, there were some good moments. Yes. It's just much like intercourse with me. It's like, yeah, there were, there were some satisfying moments, but a, a lot of blood. A lot of gore. Left a bad taste in my mouth. And there was a thing with a grandmother getting stabbed? I, I don't get it. Well, um, I mean, that's just lending into John's porn proclivities again. But Oh, no, I forgot about that. <laughs> the guilt. Gush, gushing Grannies, Volume 7, Halloween Kills. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis and... 
Michael Myers and oh, well, oh, I mean, then you can add incense, uh, incense, in, incense. Oh. Well, I mean, you if can you add want to incense burn it to make it really nice. And if it's a incest. satanic ritual, yes, add the incense. Mm-hmm. But the <laughs> is the sound of the plastic on the <laughs> lovely couch as they're having sex when you're in the 60s, <laughs> trying to avoid getting any of the fluids on everything. <laughs> It I locks, just clean those. It locks the freshness in. It's a Ziploc <laughs> on the couch. Uh, uh, so, uh, the discovery of the, the Halloween sadist who gave dangerous, unadul- or adulterated, not unadulterated, adulterated oh. treats to children. Each year, Halloween's approach brought warnings to parents. Uh, that pump red apple that Junior gets from a kindly old woman down the block may have a razor blade hidden inside. Um, these are all quotes that he has, or that they have from other yeah. newspaper articles. Mm-hmm. Uh, if this year's Halloween follows form, a few children will return home with something more than an upset tummy. In recent years, several children have died, and hundreds have narrowly escaped injury from razor blades, sewing needles, and shards of glass purposely put into their goodies by adults. Uh, that's from Newsweek 1975. Um, the first one I'll come back to because I actually... Um, talk about that more at length and then the last one i mean some of it's just albert fish as well i mean (laughs) he did it to himself Mm -hmm. um and then the last one it's halloween again and time to remind you that somebody's child will become violently ill or die after eating poison candy or an apple containing a razor blade and this was a more recent one from the la times in 2005 so gripes Yes, um, that's right. They used the term Halloween sadist, a mythological stranger who is all about chaos, whether placing placing needles and or razor blades and apples and magically sealing them up, because that's something I've always thought about when hearing about razor blades. Um, (laughs) The fruit, uh, uh, poisoning the fruit, so it's uh, not obvious that something, oh, sorry, that was was a semicolon. Uh, Um, I'm an agent of chaos. (laughs) Um, sealing up the fruit so it's not obvious something was shoved in there, uh, to drowning candy and rat poison, arsenic, etc., in candy bars, and perfectly rewrapping them in their original packing without any evidence of tampering. Some of your turns of phrase murder me. <laughs> hey! Um, as you can tell from my exaggeration, these stories are urban legends. Uh, while there are a, a few true stories that can be associated with Halloween, uh, we'll find that they don't really fit the myth of the Halloween sadist. And that most people were tricked into taking part in, let's say it all together, y'all, another moral panic. Oh, no. Exactly. Not dun, again. Done. I hadn't recovered from the last one. <sighs> the last several. Um, since this isn't our first rodeo, I figure we skip much of the history behind this panic for now and get into the nitty gritty. Or the horse um, dick. Or the horse dick. Yes. Um, or the, the ginger going inside the other part. Uh, anyway, <laughs> let's pretend that we were the public at any point from the late 50s to today and ask ourselves, what should we be scared about again? Nazis, well, Russians, um, conservatives, conservatives, uh, neo-Nazis, football players who kneel during, you know, the national anthem, football players who uh, pretend that they were in law enforcement with their plastic badges, Hillary Clinton's emails, uh, <laughs> pizza gate, toe fungus, ball fungus, mildew mildew in pubic hair i mean (laughs) there's no end to the things i mean if truman's to be believed or you know 
No, it wasn't Truman. It was Johnson. Do we have nothing to fear but fear itself? N- I think that might have been it was FDR. JFK. Yeah, yes, you're right. I was thinking yes. something. Yeah, I was thinking the. Um, this is how you know I've been talking about yeah. presidents too much because I just started cycling through them and I was like Chester A. Arthur, uh, oh, whoa. <laughs> Herbert Hoover. He no, it. I don't think he had time to say anything. No, I'm thinking Zachary Taylor. He was Even the one better. that didn't have time to say anything except for his uh, thank you speech because that's when he got pneumonia and, and died. Yeah, yeah. You know. um, Taylor, Tyler, tomato, tomato. Speed record, speed run. Uh, speed run the presidency. <laughs> if only. Uh, I think Trump did that. It's just he was using speed while being the president. Different. True. Uh, <laughs> that's why his hands are so small. Um, well, fear not, random member of the public, for I have the resources to give you another reason to clutch your pearls, to get a case of the vapors, and to grab your metaphorical pitchforks. Ooh. The artic- yeah. Um, the, the article that uh, those claim really that people claim really set the stage for this moral panic is the good old New York Times oh. with the beautifully named 1970 article those treats may be tricks which i actually had already quoted from that was the first quote that i read how marvelous um, let's see let me read some snippets from the article since their alarm alarmism is far better than anything i could do i'm intrigued Quote, those Halloween goodies that children collect this weekend on their rounds of trick-or-treating may bring them more horror than happiness. Horror. Uh, Take, for example, (laughs) that plump red apple that Junior gets from a kindly old woman down the block. May have a razor blade hidden inside. The chocolate candy bar, their air quotes, not mine, may be a laxative. The bubble gum. Or dookie. Or dookie. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's either before or after the laxative. Who knows? Ooh, there's a um, pleasant thought. <laughs> if um, it's got peanuts, it might not be a Snickers bar. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, let's see. The bubble gum may be sprinkled with lye. The popcorn balls may be coated with camphor. Uh, you could tell that this is a little bit more old-timey. Uh-huh. Um, Arsenic and, and old place. Yes. And the candy may turn out to be packets containing sleeping pills. Within the last five years... <laughs> Yes. That would make parents <laughs> elated if you were giving their children sleeping oh, pills. Oh, boy, I can finally sleep because of this annoying brat. Uh, um, I'm actually going to reconsider what I do for my lovely Halloween treats now. Give this to your parents. They'll thank me later. Indeed. <laughs> Within the last five years, the number of incidents involving poisonous or otherwise harmful treats giving, given to young hobgoblins on Halloween has been growing at a rapid w- rate. Mm. Quote, not we, my favorite uh, Spider-Man villain, but it'll do. I know, exactly, right? It's like, come on, at least give me Green Goblin uh, or the Vulture. I always find the Vulture funny. Ooh. Um, just a very old man that just likes flying around. As a, um, as a large man with the increasingly dry skin, I, I can identify with the rhino. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> you got a good Russian accent, so that's good, too. Indeed. Um, <laughs> skipping past some notes about the New York State Health State Health Commissioner and or Steak Health Commissioner, the New York State p- poking the strip steak. Uh, this is a New York strip. Oh, Check this ain't one. juicy enough at all. Mm-mm. This is more like on a this. brisket. <laughs> brisket this on not- a biscuit. That's what I have. <laughs> hey. Um, pass some more stuff talking about those who do mischief the night before Halloween. Uh, the article then gives us the sweet, sweet information we desire. Examples. 
Uh, quote, not too many years ago, red-hot pennies that had been heated in an oven were often handed out to trick-or-treaters by sadistic householders. Today... How are they handling them? Do they have tongs? <laughs> I have no idea. I feel like it would be dead a dead giveaway. They have, like, an oven mitt in their hand. They're like, yeah. oh, here you go. They're strolling up in asbestos gloves to hand kids <laughs> piping hot pennies. <laughs> I, Just yeah. stand still, Johnny. Let me get my tongs. <laughs> it's okay. I, I can't touch. I'm allergic to copper. That's why I can't touch them. But you're free to touch them. Don't worry about the color. I spray painted them to look like they're really hot. You can I play mean, a trick if, on your friends. If you're going that far, just drag them in the house and get them with a branding iron or something. I mean, have a good time and enjoy it. Yeah, that's... Savor I mean, it. Exactly. A like, sadist doesn't want this thing to be just like, you know, fapping in a bathroom. They want to take a moment, really appreciate the pain. Yeah, exactly. What are the kids going to do? They're going to drop it into their bag, and it's just going to melt the chocolate, and they're not going to burn themselves. Like, uh, Or it burns through the bag, and then you get the glee of watching all their candy spill on the ground, I suppose. But for me, if you're just dropping a hot penny, it's a waste of good suffering. Exactly. Exactly. Today, the most common mistreat uh, seems to be the apple that has more than just seeds inside. Uh, last year in, I'm going to say this word wrong, Oneida? I think New we'll York. Go with that. Uh, yep, Oneida is okay. uh, perfectly reasonable to it's pronounce. It's spelled that. like the the French fries that you can buy at the grocery or, store. Orida, yes. Orida. Oh, is it Orida or okay? Anyway, um, in this New York State or New York City, New York State town, <laughs> we'll go um, either way. Uh, if it was a borough, uh, it could be a New York City town. No, I think it's upstate. Um, uh, it yes, sounds it like is. one of those fancy ones, yeah. I, I um, have encountered this on many a kitchen nightmare, because they have just a wealth of things that Gordon Ramsay tore into up there. Oh. So, in this town that I dare not repeat, uh, someone gave three children trick-or-treat apples with sewing needles in them. And in nearby Ilion, or Ilion, don't know which, the father of a five-year-old boy found a razor blade in an apple when he peeled it for the child. Now, I'm with you on needles make sense. Yes, needles because, do. Yeah, you can hide a little tiny puncture mark much easier than a giant razor blade situation. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Like, oh, there's a giant cut in this apple. Like, if I see an apple that has any sort of cuts, regardless of how they're caused, I'm not going to eat it. Because I know it could be in, it, like something could have gotten into it. Now, professional wrestlers, whilst prepping a blade to cut themselves, do snip portions of a razor blade so that it's a little more easy to conceal in wrist tape or something like that. Some wrestlers even kept it in their mouths, which I don't know how you would do that and live. But uh, uh, Especially considering how they were being thrown about everything. Uh -huh. like, yeah, apparently you could just wedge it betwixt your, your cheek and gum as though it were a little snifter, uh, wacky-backy, and, and keep it there. <laughs> but I, I would never try that. No, thank but you. I, I think you could conceivably get a little snip of a razor blade and then try to work that in maybe closer to the core. But again, mm -hmm. like, this is a significant amount of effort to something that... You won't even be able to see, like... Yeah, it makes no sense to me. But mm -hmm. I'm also not a sadist. Also true. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see here. The rest of the article asked to psychiatrists why someone would do such a thing, aside from their, you know, talking about sadist, the sat sadist's probable deprived childhood. Uh, one says, quote, One reason the incidents might have been increasing in the last few years was because of the permissiveness in today's society, which he has said uh, resulted in people getting away with more and more violence. So... 
you can kind of tell the the theme of this article when you're asking psychiatrists like why someone would do this and it's it's probably their childhood and also people get away with a lot more in today's society here's the thing friends we've moved into a state with our permissive attitudes that has allowed us to just follow our basic instincts and show breasts in public and we'll color your hair and not be 75 like i don't understand why the compulsion, just put on your tight pants, your depends, stroll out into the world and spread the love of Jesus instead of teenage thighs. It's much better this way. <laughs> Please tell me that's a quote. Nope. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, um, so the article itself that sounds pretty alarmist, right? Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot more articles that are similar in nature and a lot of fear mongering, so we can we can move on. We are um, big on hyperbole in this country, particularly because, again, well, <laughs> like even as we run through this, a lot of this it's journalism, right? Mm -hmm. And they want to sell papers. Yep. So if you're trying to evoke some sense of dread or foreboding, ominous headlines are obviously going to get folks to you know penny up pardon the pun as opposed to you know just say like all's well i hope you have a blissful halloween <laughs> grandmother gives a fresh baked home goods to children like no one gives a shit mm -hmm. you got to forebode the end of the world in a headline uh, and then everybody wants to buy a copy they were doing clicks before clicks were even a thing it's it's not uh, rocket science or nope. it's not brain science or rocket surgery as i've been known to say from time to time both are true. Both are true. I tried looking for evidence of those two cases, um, but I couldn't find any record of that. Granted, I didn't access any local newspapers that were in either city, mm. uh, but it's it's safe to say that no kids were probably harmed in this. And we're going to kind of investigate why. We're back to the Richard Gere gerbil allegations again of just, oh, yeah, some hospital admitted him. I swear. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Um, now, I can't say... There weren't any cases of something like this happening in the whole country, mm -hmm. right? Um, so I figure it's time to actually talk about the few cases that are inexorably linked to this moral panic. Well played. Um, when I say a few cases, I really do mean a few cases. The paper that I opened this episode with, The Razor Blade and the Apple, um, really wanted to codify this particular moral panic. Surprisingly, unlike the satanic panic and the D&D panic of the early 80s, there wasn't an eye-grabbing, immediately sensationalized story that made national headlines in, in, these di in those days. For those who either forgot or didn't listen to those episodes, episode 72 for the satanic panic and episode 151 for the D&D panic, both panics were started by easy-to-remember events. And I use that as a pun. Michelle remembers the book recounting satanic uh, abuse. Uh, and mandatory reporting laws for the Satanic Panic, and then James Egbert III's disappearance from his college for the D&D Panic. And if you don't know these things, you can go check those episodes out in the archives. They're available mm -hmm. for you whenever you want to go peruse. I'm still very proud of my Satanic Panic episode. As the well, D should D1, be. Not so much, because I, I was kind of talking about other stuff, but the Satanic Panic, I feel like, is one of my one of my nice ones. Yes. Um, Michelle and the water, remember. Mm -hmm. The only two things that need to and will. Um, the razor blade in the apple tried to determine what catalyst, if any, really spurred on the panic about the Halloween sadist myth. And to be honest, they couldn't find one. Um, I will be the first to say, given that I read their entire paper, that they did do their due diligence. They read through 
200 daily newspapers with roots going all the way back to 1959 to the year before publishing. And for each paper that they searched through, uh, or for each paper they searched through all their records for the term Halloween. So a lot of them had indexes or indices that, you know, any sort of articles that had the word Halloween in it, they would look through those and read them. They were Um, rocking microfilm back in the day, so you could mm -hmm. do so. All those wonderful sequences that we see in films constantly of people sitting in a lovely library basement just whirling their way through on the good old fish machine. Mm -hmm. And the nice part is um, they even mention uh, they gave uh, credit to the New York Times because they actually have a separate paper that's all about the index that actually has those sort of terms already kind of figured out, at least based off of how I interpreted what they said. Old school databases. Yes. Yes. They made it super easy um, and very, very thorough. Um, or Thoreau. Uh, let's see here. Uh, that would. And, and for some, <laughs> and for some, they even read through the first few days of November just in case they miss anything where they talked about, you know, some cases that didn't have Halloween in them. Um, they focused primarily on nationally distributed newspapers. While each paper focused on their own regions, all major newspapers involved would also report on the big attention grabbing stories, uh, which helped verify how important these stories were to the public. Out of all these newspapers and all the years investigated, the researchers found only 76 reported incidents of so-called Halloween sadism. And this is from 1959 into, what, the 80s? Uh, no, I said it was present. It was uh, a recently oh, written wow. one. Oh, yes, Okay, yeah. so this yeah. is like so, 2006? Or, yeah, I think 2006 um, was the... At le- that was at least um, the quote that they opened with was okay. uh, 2005, yeah. Wow, so, okay. Yeah, so 76 cases of that. Um, I lost my spot because I wanted I, to double that. Check tends that tends to happen. Um, Go ahead. With uh, 1969 uh, to 1971 and 1982 being the biggest numbers of alleged incidents. Uh, the panic had resurged in 1982 in part because of the um, the Tylenol scare that happened the month prior, um, where for those who aren't aware, uh, someone had replaced several acetaminophen pills uh, with potassium cyanide, leading to several uh, seven deaths. And then there was some more copycat kills, uh, killings after that. Um, and... No one had been charged or convicted of the poisonings, which drove the public into a you know conspiracy, paranoia, that uh-huh. sort of thing. And this is why we now have safety seals on the bulk of our materials so that yep. you can avoid that or you can see if it has been punctured or tampered Clearly. with. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this isn't to say there aren't more stories on Halloween sadism, mind you. Every year most likely featured cases of all newspapers reminding parents to check their candies, yada, 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 just like I read at the start. They only wanted to find ones that had actual reported incidents. So yeah. probably every newspaper was like, check your candy, Halloween, yada, yeah, you yeah. Know, that sort of thing. But hey, It's um, the same of- scare tactics as like, wear a condom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't listen to scares. Um <laughs> Either scare, whether it's a scare to wear a condom or the scare that happens when you don't. Um, out of the, <laughs> out of those 76 incidents, only 20 reported injuries. And out of those, only two involved deaths, which we'll cover later. Okay. Um, but uh, those could not be blamed on the mythical Halloween sadist, uh, which we'll, again, see later. The researchers reason that, quote, it seems unlikely that newspapers would choose... Uh, to print accounts of minor incidents while ignoring more serious crimes. This impression is boist- bolstered, not boistered, bolstered. Can, either way. Um, further, by the frequent appearance um, of stories, often from different states, 
uh, reappearance, sorry, reappearance of stories, often from different states about other Halloween tragedy tragedies. I write sins. I do acetaminophen. I do bolstered. I can't do tragedies. Mm. Uh, children struck by cars and other accidental deaths. People murdered when they opened their doors, expecting trick-or-treaters, racial disturbances, vandalism, and so on. It is therefore unlikely that the list of uh, 76 incidents excludes any other or any additional fatal instances of Halloween sadism. So Presumably. They did, they did their due diligence. Like, they made sure they tried to cross-reference. If there was a big national incident, they would have been they would have been found out. It would have been reported in any one of those newspapers. Oh, certainly. Now, here's the mm-hmm. question. Are you getting, uh, you know, tears deep here? Is 76 a fake number? No, 76 is okay. actually true. I was going to say, I, I wouldn't be shocked if it was lower, even. But, I mean, now we're not discounting things. I was thinking, and I don't want to get ahead of you either. No, you're fine. But I, there's nothing that, you know, if we're going anecdotally speaking, if you think about what might actually be a root cause for some of this as well. And so for Halloween, when notably trick or treat does involve a lot of trick, how many folks get frustrated with a local ne'er-do-well? And then, am I getting ahead of you? A little bit, okay, but you can all right, continue. We'll get it's to, but yeah, no, it's just I think that would be a motivator for me. It was like, okay, these kids have been an annoyance, and I'm gonna, you know, these particular people deserve a little comeuppance, and then you devise a plot. I have an anecdotal tale of so my mom when she was in high school every of course this is back in the byzantine era so mm-hmm. a home ec was a thing that was forced on most ladies so they could learn to be oh, good homemakers yeah. and mm-hmm. so whenever they were making cookies naturally a lot of the men folk would come clamoring to get a little sample of a sweet treat and so my mom at some point with some of her friends devised a way while making cookies to take rabbit pellets and blend them in with the batter <laughs> as opposed to chocolate chips and serve them to the football team <laughs> who would constantly come and hound them. And there's one individual in particular who apparently ate like four of them and was just smiling and had like hair oh, no. from the rabbit pellets oh. just hanging out of his face. And so these are the sort of tales that to me is what I, you know, it's evoked what I'm thinking of people who would do this to children and then it becomes hyperbolized into something different. Mm-hmm. But I'm sorry that I, I jumped ahead of you, but I was thinking as like, if this is happening, that's probably what I'm assuming most of this will be. Yeah. Uh, these, these are reported incidents. They aren't necessarily like, Oh, this person was arrested. Uh, right. For X. Like, or corroborated s- at all. Yeah. Someone reported that they found razor blades, you know, something like that. And then and the, the paper actually does go into a lot of detail about, well, you know, kids know that you get attention when you report something like this because they tell you to report something like this. And so kids start making up stories because uh, we already kind of learned that from the satanic panic. And we're back in the witchcraft trials again. Yeah, same or that difference. Too, yes, yeah. mm-hmm. exactly. Um, let's see here. So, yeah, not really a, an epidemic of razor blades and drugs and candy. Right. Um, however, there are several deaths improperly attributed to several Halloween sadists, so I think it's time we really dive in further and look at those two. Okay. Um, I have to say my title for this next section, because I was quite proud of it. Okay. Um, getting candy cucked by a few bitches. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and so I say that because I'm going to give a trigger warning for children dying. Not bitches. <laughs> yes, not bitches. 
unfortunate children. Um, it's not many, like I said, too. Uh, right. And I won't go into gruesome detail. Ah. You know, but it's important to give the trigger nonetheless, given my past record with triggers or lack thereof. I was going to say, it's, you know, it's fair game on gore where I'm involved here as well. You know, you just, you know, apparently some of our more squeamish friends <laughs> do need to get a heads up from time to time. Mm hmm. Um, you can skip ahead for the listener. You can skip ahead five or 10 minutes if need be. The first and the one that drove up the number of reports of Halloween sadism around 1970, um, was the unfortunate case of Kevin, T- uh, Tostin, a five-year-old from Detroit who died after finding and eating his uncle's heroin. Uh, the, yes, the family tried protecting the uncle by claiming the drug had been sprinkled in the boy's candy. This important fact was given little coverage in follow-up stories when the truth was actually revealed, because most people went immediate, reported immediately, because you got to be first to get that news out there, and so they reported that it was sprinkled on candy as opposed to being found in the uncle's house. Okay, so I'm going to be a little incredulous about it was sprinkled on the candy. That's what they claimed. They claimed that it was sprinkled on the candy. How does that accidentally happen? Like you just have a, a bowl of you know well, hard candy and- like your grandma used to keep in the in the foyer, and he just you know <laughs> accidentally bumped some of his heroin onto it. No, no, no. They were saying it wasn't found at the house. They said they got it from another house that was they found heroin. Oh, heads. so yeah, they tried yeah. to shift the blame, blame entirely. Not yeah, not just yeah. the uncles running around like you know spiking all of his kids. You know, yeah, he, relatives. You know, it's busy. Oh, actually, no, that makes more sense with cocaine, not really heroin, because you got to kind of shoot up. Anyway, I was thinking... I mean, you can snort heroin. That's It's something that's that's done. You shouldn't. Um, No, you shouldn't. Um, But I'm imagining he's like, oh, I got to get ready. Halloween, some trick-or-treater, as he's running down, you know, the stairs or something. Oh, you know, some candy got on there. (laughs) And then Um, (laughs) cut to the kid Uma Thurman out on a couch somewhere waiting for John Travolta to come save him. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so he, he was, you know, eventually arrested and all that other stuff. But because this was found out later, a lot of newspapers, if they did issue a correction, it was, you know, back page. And no one noticed yeah, it. Yeah, long past the point of relevancy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the second case follows an eight year old Timothy O'Brien from Deer Park, Texas. Who ah, died. What a lovely <laughs> little Irish lad, Timothy. Uh, he was a lovely little Irish lad um, who died died in 1974 um, after eating a cyanide lace package of pixie sticks. Uh, A subsequent police investigation eventually found that the boy's father, Ronald Clark O'Brien, had put the cyanide in the pixie sticks as part of a life insurance fraud. Um, Yes, and tried to hide the evidence going, you know, if you're already in, you might in for a penny, in for a pound. Okay. Um, and tried to hide the evidence by giving out more cyanide lace pixie sticks to other trick-or-treating children. So, Thank- <laughs> was he gonna take them himself? Or he was no. trying to kill his kid for life insurance? He was insurance. trying to kill his kid for life insurance. Oh! Yes, yes. And to hide it, that it wasn't him, and that it was an unfortunate incident, R.I.P. and peace, thoughts and prayers, um, he tried giving some more uh, cyanide lace pixie sticks to other kids. So to just be a serial killer as opposed to one-off. Yeah, like I said, in for a penny, in for a pound. Oh, wow, um, okay. Thankfully, no other children consumed the pixie sticks, and the father was found out. Um, who, who puts life insurance on their children? 
someone that wants to make a lot of money from them <laughs> by killing them. Man, you need um, to have a bunch of kids in order to get that to pay off, because how much could accumulate over the course of, you know, like six or seven years? I have no idea. That's a terrible he probably thought. bought it out. Yeah, exactly. As soon as the kid was born, let's do it. Um, That's the, the worst father... Johnny Appleseed metaphor I've ever heard in my oh, life. Jesus. Just <laughs> in front of the car. I was like, hey, you want to have a kid? Let's get oh, him insured. Man. Let's J-Lo her booty here. Uh, <laughs> um, so he was later found out, sentenced, and executed 10 years later in 1984. And how did did they seal the pixie sticks back up? Did he make his own? It did not say. No no details? Nope. So if, I'm, if I call that bullshit, we're, we're going to... It's all true, oh, unfortunately. Okay. Yikes. It just did not say, yeah. I kind of wish it did just so I can have a better understanding, but I can also understand why they wouldn't just so, you know, it's like, yeah, we talk about making an atomic bomb, but you can't actually talk about making an atomic bomb. Yeah, we don't need the anarchist cookbook on how to poison children. Uh, We're we're okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see. In both of those cases, it was not some stranger, but a family member. Um, while one was the grossest kind of negligent negligence there was or is, the fact is that both death, deaths could not be attributed to some random and or indiscriminate murderer, as is told in the urban legend. Now, these weren't the only cases that got nationwide attention. There are some additional cases wherein no child was hurt, and I'm going to talk about them real quick. Um, in 1959, a California dentist, William Shine, gave candy-coated laxative pills to trick-or-treaters but no one was seriously hurt. <laughs> was he dipping them in chocolate? Uh, I I guess so, yeah. The chocolate literal or... Hershey squirt. Oh, shit, you're <laughs> right. Oh, no. <laughs> um, he was later arrested and charged with outrage of public decency and unlawful dispensing of drugs. <laughs> outrage of public decency? Yes. Okay. Don't know what that meant. But apparently you can get arrested well, if you piss I mean, off enough of the public. We've heard about Jim Morrison getting that as well. So I, I just, you know, wasn't sure if you were trying to throw that back at me or not. I wish. Um, let's see. And this is now the, going back to what you said prior. Five years later, and on the other side of the continent, a disgruntled Long I Oh, wait. Yeah, Long Island. I was <laughs> thinking Long Beach. Okay, uh, Long I was like, Island. <laughs> or other side of the incontinence, depending upon what your laxative joke is there. But Oh, that would have been so better. So much better. Um, a disgruntled Long Island woman gave out packages of inedible objects to children she thought were too old to be trick-or-treating. Okay. Such in, uh, inedible objects were steel wool, dog biscuits, and ant poison pellets, which were clearly labeled with the word poison. Well, dog biscuits are edible. Yes, uh, maybe back in the maybe back in the sixties they weren't. Might call a bullshit on dog biscuits. No, you. Uh, I mean, you can, but uh, it's yes, true. I'm calling. Okay, well, yeah, yeah, steel wool. Yes, steel wool. How do you hide poison? How do you hide steel wool as a candy? They were packages, so like okay. it was like a little a little box or something, and you open it and eh, it's wrapped. Well, hopefully, dog they're just indiscriminately wool. just. Oh, so they they're not really intended to eat it. Just be no, foiled. no. It's saying, oh, you want to trick or treat at this age? Well, here you go. Here's some steel wool, you little shit. Um, it's like the people yeah. that pretend that they're giving you a box of nerds, and then you really look hard, and it's raisins. You know. Yeah, that okay. sort of thing. I'm with mm-hmm. you. All right. Um, but unlike giving raisins to kids, uh, she was actually charged with child endangerment, understandably so. Yes. Um, yes. She probably would have just been, you know, angrily yelled at by parents, but, you know, adding ant poison pellets 
probably not the best idea to do. But furthermore, I mean, who isn't disgruntled living on Long Island? You tell me. I mean, that's very fair. I would just be upset just because I'm alive. I mean, um, their their bees <laughs> are like irradiated over there as well, we know. Mm-hmm. That is true. That is very true. Red bees. Um, grenadine-soaked nightmares. Oh, God. Uh, other unfortunate deaths occurred during the act of trick-or-treating, but were not linked to any evidence of candy poisoning. Uh, in 1990, Ariel Katz, a seven-year-old from Santa Monica, California, died while trick-or-treating. Initially blamed on poison candy, it was later found she died of an enlarged heart. She just cared too much. Uh, yeah, I know. That was really bad. Um, I, I added that. Yeah, exactly. Boo. Um, <laughs> a final one involved a four, four-year-old from Vancouver, British Columbia. Apparently, they don't have names in Canada because um, she didn't have one. Uh, yeah. Uh, that was their name, A. Hey. Uh, who who, who hey, died? You. A A U A. Sorry. Anyway, um, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> a four-year-old uh, who died after eating some Halloween candy. It was later found it wasn't the candy, but rather a streptococcus infection. So, <laughs> strep throat killed them. Well, uh, or yeah, streptococcal pneumonia, I suppose. I would presume so. Or yes, a, or I, a strep tease, if you will. <laughs> this is how it feels to be dead. Kid well, was a stripper. It's delightful. Um, there are several reasons as to why this moral panic really spread in the early 70s, and it ties back to an earlier episode. Um, the article that I keep referring to, The Razor Blade and the Apple, gives several really good reasons as to why such a panic existed. First is the overall societal strain that came from for threats to children, uh, or the growing belief that children were no longer safe in the United States. The article points to something that we are already familiar with, the increased rate of abuse, uh, of abuse reporting, sorry, Mm -hmm. um, that came from mandatory reporting laws, uh, as well as the media response to such events, as I had covered in the previous episodes, like I said earlier. Um, Additionally, the threat to children wasn't restricted to the young tykes, but to the older ones, um, specifically the ones who might adopt radical views and or experiment with illegal drugs. Like um, you do. Mm-hmm. Again, this was the late 60s, early 70s. So, And there's a time and a place for everything, children, and it's called college. Exactly. Um, it is a bit different with these newfound, air quotes, newfound threats to older children, since these parents uh, are more worried about the betrayal inherent in choosing different political beliefs and also the betrayal in doing drugs. Um, in fact, the researchers went so far as to search for cases of Halloween sadism involving hippies giving drugs to kids, um, and they only found one, uh, compounding, and which was interesting that it was only one, considering that they did go all the way back to the late 50s. And furthermore, but to the stories we talked about previously with Courtney interjecting as well, is uh, I'm going to keep the drugs for myself. They're not just going to go around giving them to random kids. Exactly. That's why... The one kid that unfortunately passed wasn't given it by a stranger. It was because they found their uncle stash. So, um, it, uh, so let me restart. Oh, uh, in fact, the researchers went so far as to search for cases of Halloween sadism involving hippies giving drugs to kids, compounding on a fear that the 1970s LSD, um, was being distributed on pictures of Mickey Mouse, which was another urban legend, um, which a reoccurring character on the show was referred to for more information. They actually said, read this for more information. Friend of the pod, 
Jan Harold Brunwald. Oh, no. Yes, he actually was a reoccurring character in this paper because he, you know, was um, he developed a lot of the ideas and terminology behind urban legends. Spent so, a lot of, course, of time, yes. Exactly. So he was referred to extensively whenever they talk about the urban legend aspect of this panic. Or aspects. So, aspects, and, yes. And gerbils, yes. Um, and now before I start jacking Bruvald, uh, Bruvald is, okay, so I have to ask, was it Bruvald or Bruvond? Uh, Brunvald. Okay. It's just Brunvald. Because in the paper, it was uh, N-D, not L-D. So I thought that was really weird. Hmm. But it was pretty much, it was unless there's two people that wrote extensively about urban legends with the first name Jan and middle name Harold and... Ex- Harold. 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 Um, so, okay. Yeah. Um, the second societal strain the paper discusses is the fear in rise of crime. While most instances of violent crime and vi- violet, not violent, violet. Violet, he's turning violet. Violet, he's turning violet. Um, while most instances of violent crime involve those uh, who know each other. The fear and Augustus Gloop <laughs> and Candy. Oh no! <laughs> the chocolate waterfall returns. Oh no! Not again! Um, it's just laxative. It's all laxative. <laughs> it helps me to get more candy into my mouth. Oh, oh, oh. That is the chocolate river. <laughs> that is what I've created. Better than the Hershey River from a couple Much weeks ago. <laughs> I am the man who is eating his own tail. It is delightful. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am a human centipede of my own design. I am a beautiful centipede. I am a beautiful centipede. <laughs> Ooh, chocolate. Let me help you to finish it. Oh, no. <laughs> so while most instances of violent crime involve acquaintances or people that know each other the fear of crime instead focuses on those unknown and unnamed individuals who emerge out of the shadows to end your life i think there's something interesting to be said about this starting to really coalesce in the 70s because we're thinking also about this is when we start hitting the the major prominence of serial killers Mm -hmm. and not the least of which being son of sam which was literally just a random person just assaulting random people there was no forethought it's purely a crime of you know availability and convenience Mm -hmm. so it's interesting that this kind of i imagine helps to kind of contribute to that national consciousness oh yeah starting to get more paranoid about what strangers are capable of Mm -hmm. that's why i made that mention of the unknown person coming out of the shadows um yeah and then kind of also speaking of the serial killers and slashers this fear found expression in the newly emerging mad slasher films like the classic 1979 Halloween. And finally, the third strain is the mistrust of others. This is a big topic to cover. I don't want to cover it in too much detail because it involves a lot of talking about societal norms and other things that went on in the 60s and 70s. Um, But uh, given the movement of minorities from rural areas to the city and the subsequent movement uh, or counter-movement of the middle class from the city to the suburbs... Um, those who faced a growing isolation, uh, those who moved faced a growing isolation, which evolved into a general mistrust of their neighbors. And if you cannot trust your neighbors, how can you be the, 
be so sure that they won't try and poison the candy they hand out. I maybe I and we can kind of think also the the Kitty Genovese of the the whole thing as well. I think mm-hmm. that probably That's is a, a contributor because there is a depersonalization of those even in the urban sector as well as mm-hmm. because you, you know I'm not going to stick my neck out for the person who's getting stabbed to death out on the front stoop like yeah, someone I'm else on the fourth do it. floor here. Mm-hmm. I'm just yelling out the window for people to shut up. Like that, I think is the most horrifying aspect of the whole thing yeah. is that someone was just outraged at ruining their night that someone was being stabbed to death like these things i obviously are a major part of the melange that makes up this paranoia and this depersonalization yeah yeah no that's actually a good point i'd even really think about kitty um yeah shoot. well i always think about kitty mm. um i love cats <laughs> Now, I wish I could say that this moral panic has eventually gone the way of the dodo, but alas, that would be a terrible lie. So to close, mm. let us talk about the newest iteration of the Halloween sadist. The one who... QAnon! <laughs> no. Um, the one who gives extremely powerful narcotics to children. You have probably heard all about the newest fad, the hot new street drug, fentanyl. Um, a potent, a super potent o- opioid. Wow, I don't know why I tried writing that. A super potent opioid about a hundred times stronger than morphine and about 50 times stronger than heroin. It is used to create counterfeit pills of more mainstream drugs like Oxycontin, Xanax, Adderall, and Viagra. It has been all over the news, especially... Viagra? (laughs) Come on. not Viagra. (laughs) Get out of here. We've already been sponsored by Screw Chew. We've dealt with this before. That's why I had to throw that in as a lie. I appreciate that. Mm. While we're here, was the strep also a lie? No, that was also true. That was true. All right. I'm ticking things off in my head as I go. No, you're good. You're good. Um, It has been all over the news, especially because of the typical style fentanyl is distributed. Um, It is usually found in small bluish-colored pills, to which some believe it looks like candy. Now, I'd argue that most medications in tablet form could look like candy if you look at it the right way, uh, but that's just me. Um, (laughs) Well, we've also, they had that old uh, PSA that we've talked about previously, whereas the pill bottles or the pills themselves singing were not candy. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Yeah. So, hand it out without the pill bottle, it's a lot easier, a lot harder to discern. Um. Everything looks like candy if you want it hard enough. (laughs) True. Um, Anyway, moving on from the normal bluish pills, it was only a month ago that we got our first look at rainbow-colored fentanyl pills. One about um, about 300... I'm sorry. Restarting that. Whoop. Um, Okay. I was like, were they celebrating Pride Month or... Actually, yes. Um, Okay. That's reasonable. (laughs) It was only about a month ago when we got our first look at rainbow-colored fentanyl pills about... 30,000 when several hundred thousand several hundreds of thousands i think that's the correct way to say it several hundred thousand several i guess yeah, yeah. you can go either yeah. way but yeah several hundred thousand of uh those of of just fentanyl pills were seized at the border entry point in nogales arizona so in addition to the several hundred thousand of the normal bluish pills they also found ones that were rainbow colored um, this was actually, like I said, it actually happened in September. On 19, uh, September 19th of 2022, Fox News reported the seizure, uh, making no mention of Halloween candy. Surprisingly so, because they're usually one of the first to uh, fearmonger. Um, I'm sure they blamed it on Biden's inability to police the border properly. Oh, yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, and then Tucker Carlson probably just stared at the camera for five minutes. 
uh, with that with that weird look on his face that like he's trying not to fart or shit his pants, but he's letting it go slightly just to release the pressure. See, that's the funny thing is he's only worked for them for about two years. The rest of it is they just have him on a quick tape loop mm. <laughs> that just gets dubbed in. And they just try to make sure that his clothing matches up enough that he, uh, it's like you don't notice. That that's why he's just staring blankly. It's that makes not really so him. much more sense. Um, let's see here. Uh, and so making no mention of Halloween candy. And then the very next day, the very next day, we already had the cat came back. We already had politicians talking, making alarmist statements about it. Um, on September 20th, the National Republic, I'm sorry, the Republican National Committee chairwoman, Ronna McDaniel, responded to accusations by former U.S. President Bill Clinton um, that Republicans enjoy fear tactics to win elections. So McDaniel answered that it was in fact the opposite, that Democratic legislators were the ones putting scare vote, uh, who scare voters with their policies. So already back and forth about this so yeah no republicans just scare us with their candidates it's entirely different that's actually a very fair point um they don't need scare tactics when they just have to be like look at this guy um he thinks that air blows over from china (laughs) um he thinks a big mac is a healthy meal choice (laughs) he thinks several oh that that poor toilet um so (laughs) she immediately so she says no i we don't scare tactics the Democrats do. And then she immediately puts her foot in her mouth by saying, quote, just last month, 2,000 pounds of fentanyl came across the border. That can kill 500 million people. Citation needed for that, by the way. I don't think that's true. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> we're coming into Halloween. Every mom, 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 I'm British now. Mom. Every mom, 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 every mom in the country right now is worried. What if this gets into my kid's Halloween basket? The rainbow fentanyl. What if my teenagers get this? So going to have a good time it, until they die. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, it's, uh, hey, the Bette Midler did that to us in a movie. I mean, we can we can deal with it. That is a fair point. Um, Dance until you die. <laughs> um, so then on the other side, the Senate Majority Leader, um, a Democratic a Democrat, uh, was seeking two hundred and ninety million dollars in funding to fet- fight the fi- fight the fentanyl, to fight the fentanyl <laughs> crisis. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going. Um, was seeking a fuckload of money in order to Yikes. fight, in order to fight the fentanyl crisis. During uh, a conference that he was, uh, where he was making the initial request, he held up pictures of candy and the rainbow fentanyl, uh, saying, "Halloween is coming up. This is really worrisome and really dangerous." So it's not just one political party being like. What about the children in Rainbow Fentanyl? It's everyone. Um, now, who was this person? This was Chuck Schumer. Okay. Yes. I was going to say, no name was provided, so it makes uh, me somewhat <laughs> incredulous I, about whether that actually happened. I, but. I always forget that he exists, and then so okay. I figure just saying the Senate Majority Leader, it is true. He did say all this, um, it, okay. but I just left out his name for simplicity's sake. Um, well. To avoid the, saying the word humor. Humor. Um, it's a humorous humor. It's not a humor. It's not a humor. Okay. Um, not to outplay politicians, our friends in the media later involved DEA administrator. So that's a uh, drug enforcement administration administrator. Mm-hmm. Administrator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. 
in the dictionary and a redundant. It says C redundant. redundant. Yes, um, indeed. Anne Milgram to speak, who told NBC Nightly News that the rainbow colors are a marketing ploy intended to attract more potential young drug users and generate more profit for themselves. Did you say the person's name was Anne Milgram? Milgram, sorry. Oh, okay, I, I was about I, to say, I, how very appropriate for a drug enforcement agent <laughs> to be named Anne Milligram. Yeah, that, that would have been a little too on the nose. I feel like she this changed is, her uh, last name just to be like, this is too much of a pun. I'm sorry, guys. This is my partner, Jed Microdose, and uh, we're here to talk to you today about ketamine. Ooh. Um, <laughs> now, to be fair, she didn't say that drug traffickers were planning to give the pills out for free and trick young mm-hmm, but kids. But she didn't. She did not say it either. Yeah, she didn't need to because people were like, well, if they're marketing to young kids, what better way than free samples? So, <laughs> so, and that is where I will end my semi-lucid rant on another moral panic. One that, as long as children like candy, people like drugs, and no one trusts each other, will never end. I actually came up oh. with a good ending instead of just being like, and that's it. <laughs> oh, is that what that was? Yes. Uh, oh, I see. Relatively good. Relatively good. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Well, uh, I'm not entirely shocked that I didn't do well <laughs> on picking out lies because that has never been my forte. Uh, you- <laughs> I think percentage-wise, I am probably in in the lower hemisphere of this particular group. But You actually s- were sniffing very close to the other three. Well, Very I close. usually do, but uh, <laughs> um, my sniffers broke. Yeah. So, uh, do you have any other stabs, or I, I have, uh, I have spewed out what little things I could think of as I was running through, other than boner pills. Okay. But, uh, I mean, I, I like giving easy, you know, easy layups because I, I, I feel easy like it's lays fun. as yes. well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. With that, uh, <laughs> fentanyl based With- <laughs> Viagra, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, or you know, along with dip. Uh, so, the first lie, I mentioned the razor blade and the apple. Uh, I mentioned that it was a recently written paper that finally did something that no one else had done. Uh-huh. That They actually published this paper back in 85, which it was okay. funny because you were like, and they published it back in 85, right? I'm like, well. <laughs> or, well, you said the 80s. So It sounds reasonable. Like That is research that I would imagine would be happening in the 80s, because this is kind of when things were really kind of at a fever pitch. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't, it hasn't been happening as much in the contemporary climate, but yeah, you know, it's, then it's more year-round drug panic as opposed to Halloween. Um, well, and also everything is morally reprehensible these days, and that's true. on either side. Yes. I mean, sensitivity is just overarching in waves these days. Mm-hmm. So I get it. Yeah. And now I'm starting to sound like someone who lives in, <laughs> uh, you know, a state where libertarian uh, biases are present. But huh. who knows? <laughs> um, the second lie, which you also kind of sniffed out as well. There was no quote from the L.A. Times in 2005. Uh, it was actually a well-known and nationally syndicated advice columnist, Pauline Phillips, a.k.a. Dear Abby, in 1983. Yes. <laughs> so Time traveling on me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and then the last one, I mentioned that they looked through 200 daily newspapers. They actually uh. only looked through four. But... <laughs> Those were nationally distributed. Uh, They looked through the New York Times, the Chicago Tribune, the Los Angeles Times, 
and the Fresno Bee for the Dear Abby column, which is also, like I said, nationally syndic- syndicated. Uh, okay. So, so you're basically still trying to debunk their research by saying they weren't actually thorough. Well, They just scrubbed where they felt they would get the, the most hyperbolic news sources. They Well, in the case of the... They figured that if it was a big... Since they did um, cover a lot of minor incidents in those newspapers... Um, that the hell do people mining for ore have to do with anything? Sorry. Spelunking um, is a wonderful pastime. It is. It is fantastic. That's actually going to be my next episode. Um, Ooh. I'm kidding. But because they were reporting minor uh, incidents, so incidents that it didn't involve death, probably involved miners in the mines. Um, Typically. Uh, miners of both types. Uh, Indeed. So, Children miners. Oh, even better. I mean, it was that back. In, it was back in the day. So who knows? Um, they also get into tight spaces much easier, mm-hmm. and they got little tiny hands for grabbing things. So you know, you lose a couple of fingers, you actually get easier reach. Oh, so we know what uh, a, a certain individual who hosted a celebrity game show was doing in his misspent youthful years. Oof. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so because they were reporting these not intense incidents and uh it wouldn't make sense if they were ignoring more you know big cases of this sort of thing happening and they even reported some of these cases um had actually occurred in places that they weren't regionally reporting so they said there there were at least a couple of cases that were featured in the south which wouldn't have been featured in any of those um sort of yeah. things. So the idea being that you you report the earthquake, not the aftershock. Yeah, exactly. Like everyone will report the earthquake. Maybe some of the people in the local area will re- you know report an aftershock. Yeah, but it's a reverberation. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And no one will pay attention to it anyway because who cares? Except for the people dealing with it. Yeah. So um, I will stand in my doorway, however. Of course, always do that. Or under a table. Or move the table under your doorway. Even better. Um, and then you got the last one with the Viagra. So, Well, thank goodness for small favors. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was it. It, it. it was a hard lie to determine, I will tell you that. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, opioid. I don't know if Xanax is an opioid. Actually, only Oxycontin is an opioid, because I think Xanax is an antidepressant, so it does something else. And Adderall is an amphetamine. <laughs> Not an opioid. So you're talking to a babe in the woods over here, friend. I'm I'm just completely starry eyed and have no clue. I only know about Adderall because I uh, I only know about Adderall because I took something similar for that for my ADHD. So hmm. there's that. Um, because the thing I took was designed so that it couldn't be abused, like Adderall. You couldn't sniff it. You couldn't um, <laughs> it suppository. Couldn't be yes. Yeah. Like me. Exactly. I am an abuse. Um. Hmm. That sounded a lot better in my head. But. Well, I am an abuse sieve. Just Ooh. passes right through me. <laughs> but yeah, I, well, I got that motivation to write it because of what Courtney said about the history of Halloween the other day. And so I was like, well, you know, shoot, let's go for it. Hey, follow every little, you know, whimsy where it finds you. Mm-hmm. Or every, what is it? Uh, I, I have every, completely lost. Follow it's, every, uh, no, not lead. Something door. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, Open curiosity door, door or whatever. Slam the, the cat in the door, something like yes. that. Yes, mm-hmm. adore the door. The doors, great. Adore the door, band. salesman. Mm-hmm. Ray Stick band? your foot in the door. Stick your. Let cat's my love foot. open the door. Yes, on your love to your gun? cat. No, 
<laughs> I want no kiss. I'm Julia Roberts. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'll do anything you want, but I don't kiss. No pretty woman. On the mouth. Yes. Uh. Oh. Well, pretty woman, won't you fart on me? Oh. It's been, a, de- <laughs> it's been oh. a delightful episode. As always, thank you very much for the research. It is appreciated. And I hope everybody out there has enjoyed it as much as I have, because it was a delight. And if you are, uh, you know, feeling that same sort of joy and exuberance that I am, you can tell us so by doing a little like and subscribe, rate and review. We would love to hear from you. Of course, you have got the link tree in the show notes. It'll take to all of our relevant socials. We are, of course, releasing new episodes every lovely Monday morning, winging your way on your preferred podcast provider apps. You can find us there. In addition, we have got all the YouTube fodder that you can shake a stick at. Or a, you know, fentanyl pill, uh, whatever your preference. Cyanide Lace Pixie Stick at. Ooh, there's a band name for you. Cyanide Lace Pixie Sticks. <laughs> They're like a heavy, Coming the- like a, a heavy metal cover, uh, or um, cover of, I guess, the Dixie Chicks or something like that. Oh. I, I didn't say it was good. Thought. I did not say there's, it was good. <laughs> in fact, there's your trouble. Uh. uh three really avid Dixie Chicks fans that are laughing at the fact that you didn't realize that was a song, but there Good. we go. I'm glad Moving to entertain. On. Cowboy, take me away. But uh, we appreciate you all being here, obviously. Go check us out on YouTube. Michael Shorts are running wild, like Hulkamania. Woo-hoo. And they cannot be stopped, even if you try. You gotta, you can't just wound them. You have to shoot to kill. And so, if you need more fodder than that, I don't know what to do for you, because uh, we're, we're absolutely spent. But uh, I think that is going to officially wrap this rascal up just like a child's trick-or-treat bag, or their favorite costume mask, or the plastic bag they put over the child's head when they want to insist it needs to go to sleep. Only dreams. Yes, yes, no breath. And so, for the Disinformed Podcast, this evening, or this morning, or this afternoon, whenever you might be listening, it doesn't matter, we're indiscriminate. We go well with any time of the day. A.M., P.M., 7-Eleven, Circle K, K. Ah! (laughs) Maverick, uh, a quick trip, I mean, you know, just whatever you're... Oh, wait, no, that one closed. The stop and go? Yeah. Golden go? Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> that's a that's a dating strategy, friend. But in Uh-oh. any event, uh, I think that's we'll quit with the nonsense. But thank you for being here. It's a delightful time, and we look forward to seeing you again next time. So for the Disinformed Podcast this week, I'm Shane, and I'm Michael, and zippity zoop, we're out of here. Check your packages, friends. <laughs>